0: we are live good day my crypto friends it's a pleasure to see you today today we're here with chitty from eos argentina we're going to talk about some really interesting concepts as far as where eos is going what eos argentina offers as a block producer and um, just dive in because uh, Chitty's an interesting guy so uh,
1: welcome to the show chitty how you doing Hello Brandon, I'm really happy to be here today. I'm really happy about the launch and you know what we've been seeing with uh, EOS. So, yeah, looking forward to to our talk, you know.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, we'll get started here. And uh, I thought it was interesting just to throw it out there. I just talked to Chitty. He's from Patagonia in Argentina, which is just one of those spots that rings a bell for a lot of people because it's it's you know one of those wild, beautiful spots. And, and it's one of the main spots people know besides Buenos Aires in uh, Argentina all over the world. So um, he's out in nature and doing uh, work for EOS and the blockchain here. So Um, sure
1: sure we might even see a muse as well like (laughs) like in sweden you know we have like the same kind of uh, nature yeah but um yeah i'm actually from the patagonia we in eos argentina we really wanted to make a eos argentina about not just the whole of argentina but also latin america Mm -hmm. Uh, but we have to start somewhere right so argentina is a place with a lot of like blockchain development You know, you have a lot of blockchain industries here, like Rootstock and Attic Labs and Signatura and so on. So it was like the place to start. Well, we actually have plans to build the community, not just in Argentina, but other parts of Latin America. If you take a look at the block producers, you, we have uh, EOS Rio, uh, EOS Venezuela as well, and uh, Costa Rica and some other BPs that are like fighting for a stand, standby BP position. But there's still a lot of like uh, countries to be covered. There's still a lot of things to be done um so yeah we we have uh, parts uh, like team members in different parts of Argentina
0: yeah and i think that um like it says on your website that uh argentina's been the cradle for a lot of blockchain technology and it is a mm-hmm. great spot to start a great spot to get a foothold and, and expand for for south america down there um what do you think when people are looking at block producers what do you and doing their votes what do you think is the top three ki- criteria people should look for what should they ask for from these block producers or what do you think
1: yeah you know well the first one is, is pretty basic that maybe i shouldn't even mention but um i have seen some BPs at the beginning that struggle with some of the technical parts uh and this is not a, i'm not saying it you know put someone down but it is natural because it's a technology that's not widely used mm-hmm. so you know there was a lot of training and practice uh, prior to the launch, you know, we had uh, several testnets, not just Jungle, which is like the main one. Now we had Scholar testnet. We even launched our own testnet for practicing, and uh, we onboarded some of the other BPs. So, technical ability is, of course, like the main, uh, you know, like the first, not the main, but the first thing that you need to cover in order to be a VP, because being a BP is about producing blocks, right? In in its first, you know, instant in nature, you need to be able to produce blocks. You need to be able to have a full RPC node. Uh, and provide an happy amongst other things. But that's like the main thing. Now, if they have this cover, then we can move on to other stuff. Um, EOS Argentina is a community block producer. And when, when we say community, we mean that uh, the profits that we generate will be used to promote EOS community, EOS development in the ecosystem. And of course, with a special focus in Latin America. So we really look for other BPs uh, that are into doing community building, you know, there, there, is some, there is some great ones out there. Um, EOS Detroit, EOS Venezuela, there's like a lot of BPs that are actually, you know, focused on communities. Uh, so th- that's something that we especially look for. Um, and then you have uh, Dabs, you know, Dabs is, is not just about community building, but it's something that you will leave for the whole ecosystem for the whole world. So if, if you ask me about three cri- criteria, I would say that, you know, you need to be technically capable. You need to um, be have a focus on community. Uh, there's nothing wrong, of course, with uh, companies that seek profit and, you know, they just want to, uh, you know, produce kind of like a mining farm. But we are more focused into community building. And then you have uh, dApp creations because, you know, a very used dApp, and if you look at the Ethereum example, what really made Ethereum explode was like the, the creation of dApps. Of course, I have my own personal view about how Ethereum was uh Short on providing like a like a really uh, robust network like a really efficient network for dApps and this is where EOS comes in so a very popular dApp can onboard thousands and thousands of people just like Steam did with steam Mm -hmm. Uh, so so this is something that we really want to look at as well we're actually in the process of uh, not only creating our own dApps but uh, creating uh, an incubator for people who have dApps and need technical support or, you know, bandwidth or even uh, funds to develop those dApps, you know, because that's what's going to really bring EOS to mainstream.
0: Okay, great. So you guys
1: are planning to support dApp builders
0: with technical support and possibly funds, and that's one of the big things you're pushing forward. For
1: sure. We want people to use the technology, not just speculators and traders. We Mm -hmm. want people to be able to use EOS blockchain, maybe without them even knowing. I think uh, what... And created with Steam is, is a lot like that, you know? There's a lot of people that use Steam it and they don't really even know it's a blockchain. They just know it works. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like our main goal as well to, to, pro, to provide that builders with bandwidth funds and technical capabilities. Because like I said before, there's not a lot of people that are actually, you know, you need to be really into the ecosystems. And right now there's not a lot of people who understand how the blockchain works. Uh, especially in Latin America. So yeah, is- absolutely. Yeah. And just on that note, I want to, I want
0: to hit on this because it, it it is important. The, the technical chops, everyone thinks, okay, they're block producers. They probably have the technical chops to get this done, but it's not something to be overlooked. I was just at, uh, me and my wife actually were at the Tulip conference and we went to the workshop, which was this, this past week where they were showing us how to launch a EOS test net. And they had, um, Phil Messner and one of the other uh developers from Block one there who have built this whole thing and they're sitting there walking the room through how to build a test net and it ended up taking them uh almost two days of of work yeah. where where they had set a set aside a pretty short amount of time but even with the experts there who have done this mm. trying to set up a test net it's not it's not an easy thing there everyone is still working through this it's it's an absolute work in progress and it's, there's not just an easy way to do it so when you talk about the technical chops i mean that, that that's not something to be overlooked it, it does take some a lot of legwork to get this stuff done yeah at that point.
1: And, and let's keep in mind that there's still a lot of updates you know rolling since we launched where we had 1.01 1.02 1.03 version and now we're looking at 1.04 and sometimes the documentation for those uh, changes uh they come after normally, you know, changes have been made so fast. So there is like a lot that you need to be really um, looking in the GitHub and seeing the changes, Uh, you know, you need to be on top of everything. So all blockchains start kind of like this, same with Steam at the beginning, there's a lot of changes and then it becomes a little bit more stable and then you you get the documentations, even books, and then... And you can provide courses. This is another thing that we are really looking into. We have a course in July, like an introduction course for EOS development, and then we want to build uh, a coding school. This is something that other BPs like US UK has also mentioned, uh, but I think it's important because uh, what we are getting right now is like, there's a lot of developers like JavaScript developers, TypeScript, TypeScript developers, Python developers. There's not a C++ developers, and there's not a lot of developers that understand and know how to compile and um, Put a code into the blockchain. So this is a simple process, you know. It doesn't have to, for for a programmer. It shouldn't be like a like a lengthy course, but just to understand the basics of how the how a smart contract works and how a DAP works uh, is another of our goals that we have. You know, to to train a lot of people so that they can spread the DAP creation uh, across the world. Yeah, and that's in there there
0: is a lot of developers, and now that the blockchain is getting more popular, they're actually the developers are now reaching out and wanting to know how to learn how to learn to do this. But right now, there's not a lot of resources out there. So you know, whatever you guys end up doing as far as education would will be a huge part in pushing even the ability for the devs to make DApps um,
1: forward. So that'll that'll be a
0: great tool. That'll be a great tool.
1: Um, for sure, if you look at uh, universities, like regular universities, at least in Argentina, and Latin America, they they teach you computer science and they teach you like the you know programming language that are known to to the world. But not not many courses teach you like a blockchain development and how blockchain works and what are the benefits of building something in the blockchain as well because it's a centralized, it's truthful, worthy, it's immutable, and those are the kind of principles that we also want to spread so that people not only build stuff on the blockchain, but know why uh, it is better to build it uh, with blockchain technology. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and, and the, the whole underlying part of this
0: and and what's so interesting and why it's so important is, is, is a good message to get out there. And, and in Argentina, how do you see the importance of blockchain or EOS even kind of going forward for, um, the country
1: and for the you know how it interacts with the rest of the world I mean well Argentina is uh, mainly famous for two things you know you have soccer and then you have like financial crisis, so <laughs> one is good and one not so good um, so this is why blockchain development has I think has flourished so much in Argentina, right. starting with bitcoin uh, and other currencies because people all looked uh, for a way to, for example, send and receive money overseas, which is, uh, in the past it wasn't actually possible, and right now it's, it's, uh, it's pretty difficult. We, we also have a lot of inflation and our currency is very weak. We are currently, um, you know, we're currently seeing like a 20 to 30% drop in the last two weeks of our national Argentinian peso. Uh, so uh, these things are some of, uh, you know, the main reasons why blockchain development has flourished in Argentina, and Bitcoin is even used as a way to, you know, not only transfer wealth but also store it. Um, in that sense, we we were kind of lucky, you know, because we have uh, uh, three guys that are top 21 witness uh, for BitShares, uh, so they understand a lot of the graphene technology, uh, and we also have an environment where uh, we have access to to really good blockchain developers. You know, you have Diego Saldiva from Roostock. We know him personally. Uh, we have El Mato, who is a core developer for EOS. He's also in Buenos Aires. We invite him to the meetups or whatever. So this is one of the main decisions that why we decided to start and uh, put the base of EOS Argentina in Argentina. But we have been in contact, like I said before, with other BPC in Latin America because we want to um, reach as many people as we can. You know, and we know we can't do this alone. So we need to build the community, and we need to have other like ambassadors of EOS in other parts of Latin America. Um, so all of them, you know, they congratulated us. They are happy that we got to be a VP. Uh, I personally talked to Igor from EOS Rio as well, and you know, we we talked a little bit about the plans that we have for Latin America in the future. So um, it is actually really cool that we have two Latin American VPs in the top 21 at the moment. Uh, and we're we going to use that to build the community and to you know uh, further improve blockchain development in Argentina and other parts of Latin america for sure
0: yeah and it, it the The idea of eOS or cryptocurrency being a some way to stabilize because in the in emerging in emerging markets where you know money will flow in and flow out, and these big players move money in in, in and out of these countries, but then there's all the people there that have to deal with that. They have to deal with, like you said, the the value of a currency dropping by twenty to thirty percent, depending on you know what these big players are doing. When something like EOS can um, can can stabilize that or give give people personal freedom with their capital, I think that's for know, sure. That's impor- that's Im- important. Yeah.
1: Let's not forget we we were also part of a team that created a smart coin in BitShares in BitShare called Bitars. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, in business, it was like the first smart coins fully decentralized, at least that I know of with bid USD and and, and bid euros and so on. Uh, and this is something that we also plan uh, to build further down the line with EOS. Uh, because it's it's not only about volatility, uh, because like you said before, like uh, every Argentina has like 30% less money than it did a month ago if they kept it in the bank. Um but it's also about freedom it's also about freedom about being able to send your relatives in other countries money and you know it, being able to do it like in, in a couple of minutes or even seconds for EOS. uh so this is also something that i think eos can capitalize on and blockchain tech of course mm-hmm. and you mentioned bitshares that you have some uh witnesses from bitshares
0: and then you're also involved in steemit um, i think something i appreciate about your team is that it's not just, you guys didn't just see this block producer opportunity in DPoS and, and jump on it late like some people have, but it's been a process where you have people who were in it with um, BitShares and then in DPoS with Steemit as witnesses and now developing here. I think there's a lot of lessons that are learned uh, along the way. What uh, what what do you see as parallels or what are, what are takeaways from kind of the experience with other DPoS platforms from Dan?
1: For sure, uh, you know we we are a group of guys that met uh, firstly in BitShares. Uh, we had a, like a BitShares meetup group in Buenos Aires. Uh, then, of course, it was only natural to go to Steam because it was like that next big project and it had so many uh, similar similarities in terms of the code of the blockchain. Um, and then, of course, when EOS came along, you know, I just you know received the call and I was like, yeah, we're all in. Let's do this. Um, this is something that we actually enjoy, and this is, this is something I really like about the team. Like we actually enjoyed doing this. Like you know, when we stayed until two, three a.m. Uh, the other day, I remember a friend of my wife was saying, "Oh, poor, poor your husband," you know. So, and she's like, "He loves it." You know, <laughs> he yeah. could be there all day, and, and I can say the same about the other guys in the team. You know, I know that it's, it doesn't actually even feel like work. Uh, Dipos is, is a really interesting uh, platform. It's a very interesting form of democracy that you didn't have before BitShares. Um, It provides a tool for people to decide on what they want the blockchain to be. Uh, In Steam, it was like the combination of what BitShares have with uh, the outreach for millions of people or thousands of people. So you know, witnesses in Steam they have like a lot of scrutiny, and they you know they provide uh, weekly reports to the community of what they're doing. If you want to receive block rewards, you want to uh, you need to do something that uh, improves the ecosystem. Um, So I think there is a lot of value to that uh, compared to other proof of work systems where you know uh, the the consensus and the production is controlled by big mining farms. you don't really know who they are or if they do something for the ecosystem, it's more profit uh, driven. Um, having said that, you know, there is a still of work to be done. And what I like is that witnesses or blog producers, they need to respond to the people that voted for them. So it's very important that blog producers listen to their community. So that's why we're so focused on our community because those are the guys that ultimately put you there. Um, and the, and, Having said that, every decision can be taken by this democracy system. Uh, for example, we could ask several questions like you know uh, that could have been that could have been solved in other blockchains. Like for example, the debate with Bitcoin about increasing uh, the block size mm-hmm. uh, in Depot is is very simple to solve because you ask the community. Uh, that have voted for you, that you represent. And then with uh, a two-third majority, you could change uh, the code uh, in EOS uh, to, you know, to have a a democratic solution for a problem that otherwise would be solved by miners and and, and big enterprises that don't really need to ask you what you want. Uh, So it's very interesting. And, you know, we're looking forward to having this participation, not only with other BPs, but also with the community. I think it's important to never forget that we are there because the stakeholders of EOS want us to be there, especially for us guys in Latin America that we don't really have a big stake. You know, it's like our votes were like very small. So, you know, we are very humbled by people, not only in Latin America, but in the world that voted for us. Yeah, and um, and having this having
0: the block producers diversified around the world is really important. And that's why, you know, I love the idea of EOS Argentina being one of the top block producers because we need South American representation. We need strong representation for that, for that continent. Um, And I appreciate the fact that how you guys are humble and how you are, um, how you've been in the DPoS since, since BitShares, I think that's great. I think that um, having people who are really passionate about this and in it for the right reasons is important. Um, because when I look at the decentralization or who I'm going to vote for, um, you have both ends of the spectrum. On your end, it's people who, who love EOS, who have been part of DPoS for a long time, are very humble. And then the other end of the spectrum, you have maybe something like Bitfinex. That's a giant company that's in it for the... Um, for the profits, and they're going to have a giant infrastructure. And I, th- I actually, th- that, you know, no comment on Bitfinex specifically, but I think for me, the diversification of having that that spectrum is important. It's important to have um, you know representatives from all over the world and small uh, passionate um, people, and then maybe even some corporations in there to to round it all out. I mean, it's it's. It's interesting. It is. It's, it's, yeah. it's. What do you think as far as um, diversity goes? I know that there's a lot of talk about um, diversity as far as different countries goes. What other ways do you think people should diversify their votes to make the, the blockchain strong?
1: Yeah, well, I think uh, geographical decentralization is important. We've also worked together when we had our testnet, uh, which was for practice. We invited uh, EOS Nairobi as well. Uh, we believe it's important to have a, a representative from Africa, mm-hmm. um, and what you said is really important about you know uh, about those BPs that are uh, community focused. Let's say uh, because in in the emerging world, a blockchain technology can really make a difference in, in in everyday's life. You know, there there is some parts in uh, Africa and Latin America where you know it rewards really make a difference. Some people actually yeah. live from the rewards they get from their blog and they're really, really grateful for that. Yeah. Uh, so that's why geographical decentralization is is a must uh, because we, we want EOS to reach as many people as possible. And if you can change someone's life, then, you know, so be it, it's very, very welcome. Uh, and that on one side, of course, you have the technological aspect as well. You want the service to be distributed so that everyone who wants to build in EOS has a, as lowest latency as possible. Of course, there you have another challenge that maybe we don't have to get into it right now because, uh, to give you an example, the lowest latency that you can get uh, in Latin America is if you put your data center in Miami, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Because we don't have the infrastructure from country to country. If you want to ping someone in let's say, Colombia, and you're in Argentina, then that thing is probably going to go through Miami and then go back down to Colombia, and vice versa. So this is something that, uh, you know, it escapes probably our reach at the moment, uh, but it, it is also important to have low latency uh, for Africa. For example, North Africa is important to have maybe uh, a data center in France or Italy. But maybe that's a bit more technical. I think it's also important. Uh, but I believe that community decentralization uh, is a must, not only geographical, but also have some VPs that are community representative uh, and not just profit driven.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I think the community representatives is a, is a big thing for everyone to look at and take note of, because that's part of what, that's part of the beautiful thing about EOS and why this is different is because EOS is here to, uh, help everyone in the world, not just the corporations that jump in first. EOS is here for people in Africa who are able to add value and, um, to, to be able to do that. And that that's the game changer is that we haven't been able to have, people haven't been able to add their value from everywhere in the world equally. And EOS gives that opportunity. Now everyone has an equal opportunity to add some value to this big chain. And, um, so it becomes really important that we have representatives on every continent so that so that everyone feels feels part of it you know so um for sure yeah i like that community aspect of diversity that that's a, that's a good call very good call <clears throat> what are what other projects are you guys up to as far as uh, eos argentina i know that you're doing um content creation i believe in spanish as well um is
1: that yes okay uh, we want to uh, not just content creation in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, we also want to translate it to you know some other languages. Of course, we have uh, representatives from Brazil, so Portuguese will be included. Um, but we also we, we want to focus on community building and education as well. So we we're actually thinking of uh, you know creating DApps through an incubator. Uh, we are actually putting dates on a small hackathon that we would do in Argentina. Uh, so that we can actually get a feel of what dApps or and what, or what, what the community wants, mm-hmm. as well as help people who already have their own projects. Uh, we understand that we are not able to create all the dabs, but we can help people create other dabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we can do that, as well as helping a startup in Latin America, which is really, really difficult, because if you go to a bank, ask for a loan, your startup is really, really difficult our interest rate right now on banks is 40% uh, annually. So it's, it's pretty steep. You know, it's pretty hard to have a startup as, uh, and ask for a loan. Yeah. So that that's uh, the incubator aspect is, is, is one of them. And then we have uh, the coding school. Uh, and we're going to start with courses in Argentina and then other parts of Latin America. So th- those are our two main projects. Uh, we also have, other uh, projects that we are gonna build, like DApps, our developers are gonna build because they want to do it, and I think they're gonna be pretty, pretty cool. Uh, but I think maybe we can talk about them in the next show uh, because yeah. something that one of them told me was, you know, don't just uh, say our plans because someone else might just do it like uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But I, I believe probably next week we're gonna have a little surprise for you. You we know, we're gonna have a, a DApp that is actually being created right now. If we don't find any more bugs, which is something, something that comes along we we'll probably have something really cool next week
0: cool well it's always good to it's always good to leave a secret on the table for people watching this uh EOS Argentina is working sure. on a some some cool DAP, so we will we'll, we'll look forward to seeing what that is that's um that's
1: cool there's um, there's there another one that i can't say uh, that we're working on that is a transparency dapp uh, mm-hmm. and this is something that we we, re- we really find important especially coming from latin america we want to be transparent about the resources that we use, uh, how we use our blog mm-hmm. rewards. Uh, and we want to invite also other blog producers, you know, to be transparent, especially if they're community-based, yeah. uh, on how they are going to use those those blog rewards because uh, it's, it's the next one. It's like the blockchain is giving you those blog rewards for you to do uh, good for the ecosystem, you know? Yeah. So we're going to have... a. Um, we're going to be transparent about how, how we expend uh, our rewards. And we also, if we, if we can build a cool DAB, we're also going to invite local and regional governments to use our DAB. Uh, yeah. So maybe we can help fight corruption in Latin America a little bit. Uh, I know we're going to get a lot of uh, doors being closed in our faces, but at least we're going to be there and we're going to present it
0: yeah and and leading by example you know sh- basically setting a gold standard i think is going to be important for block producers to do and each block producer can kind of do it in their own way but if eos argentina sets this standard of transparency and however you do that then other block producers who aren't doing that it's going to shine a light on them because people can say hey look what Ar- eos argentina is going to do that's the standard for transparency so um I think that's an important. That's a really important initiative. What What's that actually look like? What What does a transparent representation of it? it are you talking about putting it in a chart and people can go and
1: see each transaction? Yeah, just being open. Just being open about how many paid members we have. Being open about the, our expenses, uh, what we buy, uh, mm-hmm. what those resources go to. Uh, if we create an event, you know, just just it out there, you know, not. Uh, we are used to all kind of little tactics, like inflating <laughs> budgets and so on, because it's very, very common in Latin America. So we want to be the complete opposite of that, because we don't come from the politics world, we come from the community and technological world. So we want to be completely transparent so that anybody in the EOS community want to look at how we spend our rewards, they can do, it's all in the blockchain, Every time. We make a transfer. There's going to be a description to what that transfer was for. Okay. So, blockchain technology is already transferred, So it provides us with uh, a you know a way to keep track of the transfers. We just want to add descriptions and invoices to those uh, transfers.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. That's kind of the key because yeah, it is transparent also. But it's going to be that specific
1: description of what this was for, for sure. that, that you,
0: adds the transparency. Yeah. Yeah
1: if you create a meetup and you said you spent 20,000 years in in a local meetup you know it's mm-hmm. kind of weird <laughs> yeah. yeah you're so. partying too hard at that I'm, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, and and it's not only argentina that has uh transparency problems with with the government i think i think that's pretty standard we have a famous um, uh, $150 hammers in the U S government where they, <laughs> or like, you know, $2,000 toilets and things like that, where the, where yeah. the prices it's are. In, and if you actually look at it, you say, wait, what are they actually doing? Here? So um, they're made from gold. Yeah. So it's, so it's, it's not just Argentina that think when they're um, you know, when, when people get uh large sums of money or some sort of payout without some, without any accountability for it, it it's, it's kind of a natural, things so um so the transparency that hopefully you're going to be able to push forward and make a a standard for the community is going to be really important because without that standard the natural the natural direction is going to be to to for the money to disappear so so yeah that's that's a great um that's a great thought um how have, you, how have you seen the voting playing out so far as far as block producer voting, where the votes are coming from, how they're being spread out? What's that? What are your thoughts on that at this point?
1: Well, I think at the beginning, there was a thought that everybody was going to vote for 30 block producers. And that was going to make the list a, a bit more um, equal in a way. But what we're seeing, I think they said the average is 16 block producers, like every account okay. on average is voting for 16. So what we're seeing now is that there is a lot of vote concentration at the top, uh, and that is making is making the network have a small number of standby witnesses. Uh, because at the moment, for you to be a standby, you need 0.5% uh, of the votes. And I'm actually sorry about some of the VPs, uh, I don't or haven't made it to that threshold, you know, you need to make 100 euros per day to be a standby BP, because you, you I see really, really good uh, BPs, that, you know, they, they have 3 million votes, 4 million votes, and they're fighting for that spot. Uh, and, and it would be a shame for them to not receive a reward because if you look at the infrastructure that they need to maintain, it's similar to the infrastructure that someone in the, in the place 50 would need to maintain. Because, uh, at any moment, that can switch, and you need to be prepared. Uh, so the, their expenses and their fixed costs will, are, are the same. Uh, so, But this is something, like I said before, that DPOS uh, will allow us to change if we see that the votes continue to roll in like they are doing now, or maybe we will start by asking the community to vote for 30 VPs uh, mm-hmm. so that we can have uh, more standbys. Having more standbys, of course, provides more decentralization and more uh, security to the network. Um, but this is something that is interesting about how votes have been rolling in. Uh, people are may, maybe not aware that you can actually vote for 30 VPs and they're voting for less. Um, so this is something that uh, maybe should be addressed in the future. And I know BPs are already talking in a private channel about this, about this specific topic, about increasing the number of standby VPs. Uh, which again is great about deeper system. You know, uh, when when something occurs, you have like a like a congress, I guess, that you know can talk about it and see how they address it. Uh, apart from that, I think uh, it is always normal to have um, somewhat low participation in any system because some people. Uh, the, just want to trade, and they want to buy low and sell high, or whatever, and are not really interested in the mechanics and how it works, or whatever. So it is also our job to promote the advantages of the of the system, you know, and, and tell people to go on and vote. Um, but considering that we've only been live for you know very short period of time, and at the beginning there were many tools that were thought to be safe. Uh, I think. We actually reached it. Uh, the threshold was was reached before we thought it would be reached. We we were thinking about waiting a month. Uh, I was actually looking at the computer when it happened. Someone just voted for Canada and said, you know, we Let just let's make this live. I'm not sure who did it, but. Yeah, I was actually there, and I just I looked at all yeah. the telegrams, and nobody was talking about it yet. And I was like, "Guys, we're live!" You're breaking <laughs> the news. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it was crazy. It was a crazy moment. I was actually preparing a note for a jingle test, and I was like, completely doing something different because mm-hmm. we were still at eleven percent, I think, and it just went to like sixteen from one hit. It's
0: amazing. Yeah, it caught a lot of caught me by surprise as well. That was it was I was thinking I'll oh, we'll wait another day or two and wasn't too paying attention. And all of a sudden, I got onto Twitter or something, and it was just blowing up. Finally, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh! For sure, for yeah. sure. Um, that's a really interesting point that you that you're talking about, though, with the amount of backup block producers. So, how many block producers and backup block producers is
1: there currently? Uh, I think currently we have twenty-one block producers. Uh, and I think we have 29 or 30. I would have to look at the list and see if you move 29 or 30 uh, standbys. Uh, okay. There are different ideas about this, but I think it would be ideal to at least have 42 standbys. Mm-hmm. So you've got like two sets of uh, block producers in case, you know, which, which is very, very unlikely. But in the case that all top 21s, you know, they got their not, you know, a DDoS attack and, Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which again is unlikely considering the infrastructure that top 21 VPs have. But yeah. in the worst case scenario, uh, if it happens, then you, know, you have like two sets of standby VPs ready to produce. Uh, and then that brings us to another subject, which is uh, how do you prove that a standby uh, block producer is able to produce if they're not actually currently producing? So you just have to trust their work. So there is some processes that uh, we uh, proposed this morning to see if, uh, you know, we can manually check their API and check that they are there um, and, you know, run a script regularly to see if they are reachable. So that's another important thing uh, because uh, at the moment uh, it's the only way to check that a standby producer has his full node uh, available. And, and that would be important too, just to
0: prevent some low level spam as well. If someone spinning up a node temporarily and then taking it down and collecting block rewards or uh, excuse me, standby rewards somehow. So
1: um, for sure.
0: Yeah. I, I think that that is, that is really important. I, I like the idea of having two full sets. I th- probably each set of redundancy exponentially decreases the, uh, the vulnerability of the chain. So I think that that, those two full backups is, is a great idea, and it doesn't seem like in the grand, in the big picture, it doesn't seem like it would take that much extra resources. We're getting a lot of security for the minimum amount of resources that it would cost to have those the bigger sure.
1: backup. Our, 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 our idea, our proposal, would be to take the extra resources from the current, uh, you know, top BPs. Uh, it wouldn't require extra inflation. It would just be, you know, uh, and. You know, I think I did the math this morning and it wouldn't actually have a big impact if you, you know, if you kind of like tax or whatever, the top BPs to fund another set of, uh, we only need like 30 more standbys to have the the full sets. So it's not actually, it's not actually something that will impact the community or impact the top BPs on paying their infrastructure.
0: And to be a standby BP, you need to, generate how many, 100 EOS per day, is that right?
1: At current moment, you need to generate 100 EOS per day, which is roughly 0.5% of all votes. Okay. Uh, we could move that threshold down to 0.3% or 0.25%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those block pre- uh, standby will still produce around 50 EOS per day, uh, which I believe it, it's enough to have like a full a full RPC. And, I think what's important to consider here is that those uh, standbys that are close to being a, uh, or those BPs that are close to being a standby, they still need to pay for this <laughs> because they could, they could become a standby BP at any given time because uh, the voting and the elections are like constant. It's, mm-hmm. it's not something that stops. You could even change your vote at any time. Uh, so the idea is that they are able, even by eventually reaching those standby points, to pay for the infrastructure and i think that can be achieved with like 50 to 75 eos per day um of course the price of the eos is something that we need to we need to keep a close eye on no
0: mhm
1: yeah absolutely
0: um in just the thought i mean this is the way for us to have a continuous decentralization is to have enough standbys because if there's not enough standbys if it's a small number and we're looking at 40 something block producers in total. And then there's kind of a disincentive for people to, um, to, to break in because it's going to cost them money. So, you know, we, we, I can see a few years down the road, not having enough standbys, kind of having this self-fulfilling prophecy where we have these top block producers that are just there and there's not ways for other people to break in. Whereas if we have them as standbys, a large pool of standby, that's always there. hopefully that stays more decentralized over time. So I think that's an important uh, issue you're bringing up.
1: For sure, for sure. There's also other ways that we can help uh, other standby producers or PPs that are not, uh, you know, because we also want to help to, like I said before, build, build EOS community uh, everywhere. So, you know, just to give you a quick example, we could, uh, we want to do a hackathon, and maybe there is a, a BP from Colombia, for example, that presents us with a uh, app from the community that they want to build. You know, we could actually use our resources to bring them to the hackathon and see the ideas, et cetera. So, we, we're actually thinking of collaborating not only in our, uh, you know, as our BP, but uh, we, we want to collaborate with other BPs, especially those BPs that they make it to the list, but they're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and especially if they are, you know, maybe going at it even at a loss. Uh, like in crypto, we've all done maybe with other projects, you know, when where we created uh, the bit hours, we did it because we liked it. And, you know, I thought we thought it was fun. And we dedicated our time to, you know, just building an open source project that is there for the community to build. Uh, and, you know, there is still people that do that. And we want to actually support them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's good. And the the community building seems to be a, a theme with EOS Argentina, and that's one of the big themes that I love about EOS in general. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's cool. As far as um, governance goes, and what have you seen lately in EOS governance that anything that sticks out to
1: you, any um, things that you think need to be amended at this point? Well, I think that having an an arbitration process is uh is great. Uh, it's something completely new. Also having a constitution. Uh, what we are talking now is how to, uh, how you can, you know, enforce that constitution. Uh, there, there's been a lot of talk about, uh, about a BP that didn't have his URL, doesn't have a website whatever. So it's like how, that that is against the constitution in some way because a BP needs to be transparent about who they are and their information, and so on. Uh, so, so that is just one example of how, uh, you know, the arbitration process could be used. Uh, I am sure this will be solved, but uh, it's something that uh, you don't have. Again, you don't have this in you know, other blockchains. We're building something completely new. Uh, it would, of course, take time. Uh, but as long as we have uh, a strong community and VPs that represent that community, and let's never forget that we are representing the EU's community, uh, I think uh, there are ways to solve conflicts, which is which is basically what uh, I think Stan's vision is regarding governance. And it's always having a, a pacific, non-violent way to resolve uh, conflicts. And I think if we abide by those principles, uh, we could really build something something cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean that's the thing that's setting setting EOS apart
0: from everything else, and and also with with the governance, it gives that opportunity on top of DPoS to be even more more nimble. We can we can change more quickly because there is the we have the intent built in now as opposed to the code is law where well we meant to do this but we accidentally coded it this way we're stuck now. Um, that 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 intent we're able to enforce with the constitution which i think is really important and so that'll be a, a cool change as well um how about what do you think about um, worker proposals because i know that you're talking about going out into the community a lot and and helping out these um startups and kind of doing incubator type things how do you think worker proposals will play into that
1: well worker proposals are great they are an idea that a at the beginning it, it really worked well in bit shares and then uh, it wasn't translated it wasn't you know taken to steam and that was a shame because uh, like i said before there's only 51 bps that are getting rewards so you can't expect uh, the bps to do absolutely everything mm-hmm. there are some other things that need to be taken care of, and those things could be uh, even in the code uh, because we have an open source code that was provided to us by B1. Um, but in the future, we, don't, we need a blockchain that is self-sustainable. We don't know, uh, you know, we need to be, the blockchain needs to be bigger than, than, than Block. One, it needs to be bigger than any BP in particular. It needs to be able to self-sustain itself. And that's where work proposals come in. If, if there is work to be done, you know, blockchain can actually pay for that work. You don't need an entity, a centralized entity, that hires you to do a certain job. So that's what is completely great and innovative about work proposals. Uh, that we it would allow us to completely free ourselves from any centralized entity or any uh, single developer. So. Yeah. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, in BitShares, there were a couple of examples, a couple of cool things that were built. Uh, people that worked a lot uh, in BitShares uh, and got paid by the blockchain. Uh, we actually got a work proposal in BitShares, uh, a couple of work proposals funded, uh, part of uh, the members of our team that, were, that are witnesses there. So they understand the, the process quite well and Another cool thing is that all projects uh, are, you know, voted upon. And so the community actually has to look at the project and you need to pitch your project to the community so that it gets approved. So that's like another layer of democracy that we have. It's it's, it's not not the VPs deciding on what, what we think should be done. It's like everybody voting on what should be approved or not. Yeah,
0: that's... That's in. That's interesting to hear how that is going to work. So, with your experience with you guys and your team pushing forward a couple um, worker proposals in BitShares, what's that look like? On the say, say someone in, that's watching this is interested in doing a worker proposal. What's that? What's the actual process look like for someone possibly submitting it and then that getting voted on? What's how's that look? Yeah.
1: That, that, is, that is a great question, uh, and, and maybe later I can, I can give you refer you to some old links to when we used to uh, push uh, work proposals in BitShares. The first thing you need to do is like create a project, much like any project, and then instead of you pitching it to like a VC fund, you will pitch it to the entire EOS community. So you, you will need to go to, to Reddit, Steemit, and other places for the community to, to hear you out. And you need to present your project. And then defended when people ask you questions and stuff. And then that project will be voted upon uh, by the EOS stakeholders. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a lot like working and pitching a project to a VC, where you will you would be actually be pitching it to like the whole EOS ecosystem. Uh, so it's actually really cool and uh, it's, it's really gratifying when you get your work proposal approved because you you feel like you're doing something that the people actually want. You know, yeah. it's not it's not something that you are doing and then waiting to see if if it's going to have adoption because you already have the approval of uh, all the EOS uh, active users. Wow yeah that that's really powerful that'll be that'll be great to see
0: some of the ideas that people come up with to improve um, to improve EOS. How far along is that at this point? Um, Are they accepting worker proposals now or where where's that
1: at? Not at this point we're we're talking about uh, probably inside six months area, area, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully a lot sooner. Uh, but it's something that is still being, uh, let's remember, you know, we only just launched yesterday, so this is <laughs> something that is still being worked upon. <laughs> but it is really, really exciting, and I really want to see how it plays out, for sure. Yeah, and it's been, it's done well, it sounds like in BitShares, and I've also seen it in yeah. Dash. It's something, so. it's something that has been done, uh, we want to do it right, so it's like you know it can be done and it mm-hmm. will be done. It's not like a crazy idea that we you know that's being proposed. You know that yeah. has already done this, is already working on other platforms. But uh, like everything, and this is something I really like about the PPS. There's a lot of scrutiny in the code of whatever is being launched, uh, and and that is also why we took so much time validating the chain and making sure everything was like spot on. Uh, so I'm really proud of all of the PP's that participated uh, in the validation process and that are actually currently participating in, you know, going meticulously in the code, like checking everything that is, is working. So you can be assured that when it launches, it will be spot on. Yeah, and that was an amazing
0: thing to watch. As far as the launch of EOS goes, the coordination globally was amazing. It was it it was blowing my mind. I actually, uh, we were at the tulip conference when they were, um, when they came to the hundred percent consensus of how to launch. And, um, but just seeing, I mean, people were literally in a circle all working on their computers talking and, and then having meetings internationally. And it was just, there's a really impressive amount of coordination and yeah. you know, because of how the incentives are lined up, it's just, it, it, it's stunning when you think about it. So, <laughs> uh, I'm sure that, um, the worker proposals will be done done nicely, well thought out, like like a lot of the other things we've seen examples of.
1: For sure, for sure. And and I just want to, you know, give a big thanks to, uh, to Dave from US New York and, and, you know, Alex and Mark from US Canada because they did a great job, like, at bringing the community together, coordinating. It wasn't always easy. You know, I just think that when you are in your workspace or even in your house, it's hard to, you know, determine if you want Three pizza our hamburgers in one day. Imagine the whole BP community from all over the world, you know, deciding on how the lunch should have been done and how the validation should have been done. It was like exhausting, like a lot, a lot of work. And those guys did, you know, amazing job, calling the meetings and you know, guiding the whole process. Also, David Moss uh, did a great job there, and Thomas Cox was involved, in, like he's still involved, like in organizing the VPs, you know, and, and the design, deciding process, which is really, really not easy. There's a lot of voices here. Uh, the calls needed to be translated to, to, to Chinese. Uh, they needed to be done at a certain time so that most of the people would be online and available. It was really hard work, and I'm really happy and I'm proud of all the BPs that participated.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's been a a beautiful community effort and it's great to see it and see it continue here. Um, So as far as EOS Argentina, we talked about uh, a lot of community outreach, um, meetups and content and um, doing incubators for dApps and having a technical chops as far as getting this done goes, um, being part of the DPOS community since BitShares and doing this out of a passion for the community. Um we talked about decentralization of having these uh nations all over the country or all over the world represented. Um is there anything that we kind of glossed over as far as EOS Argentina goes that you want to that any more of your message you want to get out there to people, anything we missed?
1: I think it is important, like for us Argentinians, like we've been talking, uh, you know, during this uh, interview, is about, it's mainly about community and building uh, an ecosystem that is actually used and can change change people's lives. You know? We don't want a blockchain that is not actually used. We don't want a blockchain for, you know, speculating on tokens. We want to, you know, we want to reach people and say, hey, I'm using the blockchain. I don't even know it. Uh, I think... I am actually quite humbled by by the Venezuelan STEAM community, for example, you know, those those guys, you know, it, it changes their life, it's, it, everyday life, you know, they are living out of the blog rewards uh, and so many other people. And and this is what we want to achieve with EOS as well, um, that maybe it is something that you plan to see now and you don't actually see it, but if you educate someone to program in C and develop smart contracts in EOS. Maybe he will be nineteen years old now. Maybe when he's twenty five, he will land a good job and help, you know, his country achieve something bigger. So being from a third world country, we have that in our head a lot. Like, you know, how can we improve the place we live in? How can we help others and so on. So that is our main value proposition, to say it that way. And it's what we're gonna stick to.
0: Well, I think that's a beautiful thing and that is a wonderful way to represent the EOS community as a whole and um, you know, we're all in this together trying to do important things so I really appreciate what your team's doing Chitty with uh, EOS Argentina and there you have it my crypto friends and don't forget EOS Argentina alluded to a awesome project they're working on that they can't tell us about now but uh, in the future look for that popping up from EOS Argentina and uh, until next time, my crypto friends, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. The money is not the
1: prime asset in life. Time is and uh, your time is. Still.